Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Dadvocate, Divorce Support for Dads, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I'm your host. I created this podcast in the Divorce Advocate community as a result of my own high-conflict divorce, and because you as a dad deserve all the resources necessary to thrive through this challenging time. I encourage you to check out our website at thedivorcedadvocate.com, where there are resources that correspond to this episode, as well as free access to our membership community, where you will find live meetings, free workshops and courses, private discussion groups, and more. And now on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the show. I sincerely appreciate you being here today. And we've got a very important topic, one that seems to come up just about every single time we are in our group meetings. And that is how dads can safeguard their rights and well-being during divorce. This is a highly complex topic. We're going to not, we're going to go uh, into uh, several areas, but we're not going to go into deep, uh, intimate uh, strategies around them. That's definitely something that I would encourage you to uh, get involved with the uh, community on on our group calls. We will often talk about and strategize around ways in which you can uh, make sure that you are able to safeguard your rights and, and well-being, uh, as well as in uh, in private personal coaching uh, with guys. But uh, before we get there, before we get rolling on this, let me just uh, welcome some of the new members to our community. Those are Tyler, Nico, Ben, Nils, Derek, and Kyle. If you're not a part of the Divorce Advocate community yet, check it out at thedivorcedadvocate.com under the membership site or the membership tab, excuse me. And we have all kinds of resources and the community is built in the uh, website and the resources are structured that wherever you are and in whatever capacity you're at, there uh, is an opportunity for you to uh, gain resources and get the help that you deserve. So that could be free. There's a lot of free uh, free resources as well as uh, some paid resources behind the uh, membership wall as well as uh, doing individual coaching, discounts on that, et cetera. So check it out. Also, the divorce quiz is really an awesome uh, opportunity for you to gauge where you're at in your divorce uh, compared to others who have gone through it. And it gives you some immediate results, shows you what you're doing well, what you might need some help and some work on, and gives you the opportunity to be able to focus uh, your energies where you can uh, do the most work to uh, to establish that uh, foundation for getting through it. So check it out at thedivorcedadvocate.com. Okay, how can you safeguard your rights and well-being during divorce? Now, obviously, this is a challenging journey, especially, uh, like I said, when it comes to navigating complex issues of asset separation, parenting arrangements, household responsibilities. And so as a dad going through this process, it's absolutely crucial to to protect yourself and your interests while also prioritizing the well-being and maintaining a healthy environment. And this is particularly true if you are still living under the same roof. That adds a whole level of complexity to things that uh, I have seen and can potentially turn into uh, something that negatively or adversely impacts the entire process. So in this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss practical strategies, 
uh, for you to safeguard your rights and mitigate conflicts, which is a big one, during the divorce process. We're going to go through 10 different ones. The first one is understand your rights and legal options. Before doing anything, before making any decisions, you've got to be clear, uh, have a clear understanding of your legal rights and your options. Consulting a family law attorney is absolutely essential. Do not try to go through this all by yourself. Even if it is the most amicable, at some point, you need to make sure to talk to a family law attorney who can provide guidance on the asset division, parenting time, and other relevant matters. It is incumbent upon you to understand the frame, the legal framework because what this is going to do is it's going to help uh, empower you to make informed decisions. One of the things I also highly recommend and suggest is that you read the statutes, the divorce statutes in whatever area you're at. If you're listening overseas, whatever the law in the area uh, are, laws and area, the laws in the area that you live are and get up to speed of them on them in the United States, in whatever state you're living in, it is, it can be county specific uh, as to what these divorce statutes are. It can be state specific. It can be county specific. So pull up the statutes, pull up the laws, get familiar with them because you're, even if you do consult a family law attorney, a family law attorney is, uh, is trained and prepared to help you get through this process, but you are the one that are making that is making the decisions around this. And no, no matter how good a family law attorney is, they have not been living with you. They don't know your children and your uh, soon-to-be ex and the uh, environment and your family situation intimately. They only know what they've heard from you, what they see on paper, and going through this process. And that's only for the hours that you are paying them to do that. So. You need to know and you need to understand, you need to become educated on what those laws are so that you can uh, ask the uh, appropriate questions so that you can um, so that you can help the attorney to guide you through this process. You are uh, the one that is running this show. Another thing that one of the guys in our group meetings uh, brought up that uh, it was a, a great idea that that he does has done and and does is that he actually goes and he looks or he goes and visits the courts and he watches the court proceedings to see what that process is like and i thought that was a fantastic uh recommendation because i remember the first time i sat in court it was absolutely mortifying because i had no idea what was happening what the process was going to be my attorney did an incredibly poor job of preparing me for that so sitting in and watching the process as other people go through it is a really good idea so understand your rights and your legal options that is a number one the next one is document financial information Gather and document all financial information, including assets, debts, income, and expenses, and have organized records because it's going to be crucial during assets, division negotiations, and determining financial responsibilities post-divorce. And make sure to keep copies of financial documents in a secure location. This is critical and important, uh, particularly if there is uh, there are times when you are... Uh, or if you are in a time, 
if you're in a time where uh, you are still cohabitating or if there has been some sort of circumstances where you have you do not have access to the house again. So make sure if you're contemplating or if you are just starting to talk about it, that you start to get that financial uh, information in order so that you can have access to it. You know what's going on. If you haven't been the one that is handling finances, start getting involved, start figuring it out, start knowing what your bank accounts are, where your money's going, how things are being spent, uh, all of that stuff, what your debts are. You've got to get up to speed and know and understand that. So uh, if you're not, do it. ASAP. That's why it is the second one behind knowing what your rights are. Start knowing what all that financial information, because the one of the worst things that you can do is get yourself into a, a dire finance, a a dire financial circumstance post-divorce, because if you're unable to provide for yourself, do the things you need and create the environment that is conducive uh, to a a good lifestyle environment and lifestyle for your kiddos, then that's going to be detrimental to them. So making that equitable is, is critically important. Number three, maintain open communication. And there's a caveat to this. Uh, Effective communication is key to resolving conflicts and reaching agreements amicably. Maintain open and respectful communication with your spouse, focusing on finding mutually beneficial solutions And consider utilizing mediation or collaborative divorce processes to facilitate constructive dialogue. Now, look, the majority and the way majority, like 90 plus percent of divorces are done amicably. So this is absolutely possible. For those of you who are listening that uh, have a high conflict divorce or are going through one that is challenging, this may not be possible. And that is okay. Also, it's just going to it's just going to take you um, doing things in a little bit of a different matter, uh, different manner that is probably going to look like that you're going to be doing a lot of communicating through uh, the attorneys, which can and will be very expensive. So just be prepared for that. And look, it only takes one person to break down the communication. So you can be the best communicator in the world, guys. But if your soon your wife or your soon-to-be ex is not going to be participating and communicating, then that's all it takes for the communication to break down and it potentially becomes high conflict. So uh, if you can maintain that open communication, do so. It makes it easier. You can do the mediation route and collaborative divorce, which uh, if you're not familiar with what that is, Go back in one of the earlier podcast episodes and learn some more about that because it is the opportunity to go through this, get uh, representation for the both of you, and do it amicably and um, and, and and really in a way that is uh, less traumatic and, uh, and and less difficult and stressful for you and for the kiddos. Number four, consider nesting agreements. We talk a lot about this uh, in group calls where guys show up and they're either contemplating or they just got served and they're trying to figure out what the next steps are. Living under the same roof during the divorce process can be absolutely challenging, especially when conflicts arise. And what nesting agreements do is, is where parents rotate in and out of the family home while the children remain in a stable environment. And this can help mitigate tension and provide continuity for the children. Uh, It also establishes clear guidelines and boundaries to ensure the arrangement 
works smoothly. So this is, uh, this is something that I think is a really fantastic way in which, uh, like, I, like I said, you can, you can start to create this transition period without impacting the environment of the kiddos. So if one person stays, I'm just going to use the example, for one week in your parenting, for one week there in the house while the other parent goes somewhere else and stays somewhere else, and then you switch the kids stay in the environment they know and they understand. And then they also start to get used to one parent parenting all the time because that's going to way that's going to be the way that it's going to, to happen once you guys get your divorce. And then it also helps each of the respective parents with what they may not be very strong with or not have been um one the the primary provider of that could be the the dad was not a, a primary caretaker it could be the mother was not uh, primarily taking care of handling uh, things in the house and so that forces them to also start to work and handle those things as well because that's going to be um, that's going to be happening regardless at some point and so this is a, an easy easier way to um, to go through that process. Okay, the next one is seek temporary parenting and financial agreements while navigating the the process, establishing temporary parenting time and financial arrangements to ensure stability for both the parents and children. Temporary agreements can address issues such as custody schedules, child support, temporary spousal support, providing clarity and structure during this transitional period absolutely positively get this done. That nesting uh, agreement is part, it can be part of that, but uh, making sure to, to figure out who's paying the bills, how those are getting done, uh, what there's, what support's going to be, because if things go sideways, bills don't get paid, mortgages don't get paid, houses get uh, foreclosed on, it can be just an absolute nightmare. So getting those the temporary arrangements into place as soon as possible is great. And so I understand that this is this is very difficult and challenging, particularly if you've been served and you do not want you do not want the divorce and you would like to have things worked out and you're trying to work things out and you're trying to figure out things mentally and emotionally. Because if you're served, the probability that you're as far ahead in this mental emotional preparation for this is uh is lower than where your spouse might be. So um, so just make sure that while you're trying to catch up on that mental emotional part, even putting temporary and their temporary um, uh, agreements in place doesn't mean that they're permanent, but it's going to help give you that uh, that ability to have things established where things won't get overlooked, things won't uh, or, or not necessarily won't, but uh, might prevent it from from going sideways or something getting overlooked or, or whatever. Get the temporary agreements in place as soon as possible. Number six, I uh, just touched on that a little bit, is protect your mental and emotional health because divorce can take a toll on on it. So it's essential to pro- to absolutely positively prioritize self care. Seek support from friends, families a therapist, uh, in order to process emotions and cope with stress and engage in activities that promote relaxation and mindfulness, such as exercise, meditation, or hobbies. You've heard me say it once. You're going to hear me say it again. 
If you listen to some more episodes, you're going to hear it over and over and over again. It's the oxygen oxygen mask philosophy on the airplane. You got to put your mask on yourself before you can help somebody else with their mask. You've got to take care of yourself, particularly mentally and emotionally, like I just talked about. If you're served, which more than 70 some percent of uh, guys are served, then you're going to be mentally, emotionally behind the eight ball in going through this this process. There's a great book called Rebuilding When Your Relationship Ends. They talk about this and how you can do that and how you can systematically work your way back up to uh, getting in a spot where you're feeling strong and empowered around uh, around that. So make sure to take care of yourself uh, again not only mentally and emotionally, but also physically and also spiritually. Spiritually is the one that gets overlooked the most, but it is probably, I would I would say, the most important one because it gives you something to uh, be able to anchor into your faith or whatever spirituality might mean to you uh, in during a time that is uh, very uncertain and chaotic and you won't have anything else in order to... Um, uh, to uh, anchor into. The next is focus on the best. Focus on the best interests of the children. Throughout the divorce process, prioritize the best interests of the children above all else. Maintain a cooperative co-parenting relationship with your spouse, focusing on providing stability and nurturing their emotional well-being. Keep communication child-focused and avoid involving them in adult conflicts. Again, the caveat is that if you can do that, which the majority of divorces can, and they have the kids' best interests in mind, but for those of you listening uh, that are uh, or have uh, uh, experienced high conflict, it just takes one person to not focus. Uh, and oftentimes, if and, and and so here's one thing that I do always say is if one or the other uh, parent is not focused on the best interests of the children then that is probably a sign of some sort of mental illness going on. Because if you cannot, if you're a parent and you cannot put the best interests of your kids ahead of whatever you've got going on, then you've got some sort of disrupted thinking through this process. So just be aware of that, guys. Uh, And lots of times, and what we see is, well, it is in the best interest of, of the kids because I think it is. I'm telling you right now, there is a nothing more important to your children's well-being and to them growing up to, to being healthy and functioning adults than your involvement in their lives. So if parenting time is trying to be taken away, if there's alienation, if there's stuff like that, then you need to fight against that because that is not in the best interest of the children. And if you have that going on, join our groups. Join our group sessions. We got lots of guys listening to some more of the podcast. We talk about parental alienation a ton, what to do, uh, how to deal with betrayal, like all kinds of uh, all kinds of uh, stuff around that. Okay, the next is consult financial and tax professionals. Complex financial matters such as asset division and tax implications may require the expertise of financial and tax professionals. Consult with financial advisors and accountants to understand the financial implications of various decisions and develop a solid financial plan for the future. And I'm going to add in there, talk to uh, real estate agents and mortgage brokers and um, uh, and, and anybody else that's uh, 
that, that, that you might need to talk to that is uh, going to help you sort through some of this stuff. Do, your attorney is, again, meant to help you through the legal process. The, I, I'll tell you, I can't tell you. I will tell you that I can't tell you the number of times I've talked to guys uh, and their attorney is recommending something that is absolutely not in their best interest financially because they simply don't know or understand the process or they don't know uh, how how uh, the the real estate sale or the mortgage refinance works or the 401k cash out or whatever. They don't know the nuances of that. Now, some of the seasoned ones do, but even the seasoned ones do not know the specific nuances. And they're not going to take time to sit down and plan for you for the next 10 or 15 years, what that's going to look like, right? So you need to do that on your own. And then you need to educate them as to what it is that you need going forward in this negotiation. So again, that's incumbent upon you to build that team. The attorney is one person and it's probably an important one, maybe the quarterback, right? But you need financial planners, you need tax professionals, you need real estate agents, you need mortgage brokers, you need all of them to be giving you um, uh, information as well as advice. Now on that note also, that's a lot, right? So then you need somebody that is a coach, a real estate coach, Probably not a therapist, probably not going to go into it, but a real estate coach. I mean, divorce coach. I guess you could have a real estate coach, too, uh, if you don't want to talk to a real estate agent. It'd probably be better. Um, But uh, a divorce coach that's going to help you to sort through all of this information. And that's because each one of them is going to give you really specific and narrow recommendations based upon their view of what is going on. And what their view is not necessarily the greater view of uh, of everything that's going on in the divorce, your mental, emotional state, what's going to happen for the next 10 or 15 years. I'll give you an example. I had a business owner that was a coaching client and his his um, tax uh, his tax guy was uh, recommending that uh, he just do something with his business through the divorce and then after the divorce go through, it was, it was actually a, a financing tool for the business to be able to take out his part of the business. And then, um, and then after the divorce, go through and redo the whole thing again. And I want to get into details, but th- when I sat down and I talked to him, I was like, so basically you're going to do it twice. And he said, Jude, I cannot do that twice. I, it will make me, make me crazy. So that's a perfect example. Like the tax guy was like, this is what you got to do. Um, and it may have made sense, um, but when we waited out as to whether or not that makes sense on his most mental emotional state and what that's going to do to his uh, his family and his kids and his ability to show up, he was like, it's just not worth whatever savings I might have or whatever uh, I needed to structure in, in order to go forward. I'm just going to do it once. So that's a, a perfect example. You got to take each one of their advice, each one of these professionals' advice, put it into the broad spectrum and the the totality of what's going on, and then make your decisions, and then tell your attorney what direction you want to take. Okay. Number nine is stay informed and engaged in the legal process. Stay actively involved in the process. Make sure that you absolutely attend your meetings and hearings and mediation sessions, uh, as uh, as required, and also stay informed about the process of the case and advocate for your rights and interests with the guidance of your attorney. Be proactive, 
uh, being proactive can help ensure your voice is heard throughout the process. So I made that as a clear and defined step. And you've heard me say, allude to that mostly through all of these steps is it is up to you. You are driving this divorce bus or coaching this divorce team, whatever you want to call it, but you are the one in charge. I made this mistake. You just the first thing you think of and the first thing people tell you is get an attorney. And you think the attorney is going to handle through this, uh, handle everything through this. It's not that way. It is incumbent upon you to be informed about the statutes, to know the process, to ask the right questions, to get the right team around you. It is a lot. And I understand you're going through having to maybe change your environment, how you're showing up, what your work might be, parenting, whether you're uh, parenting full-time or not, you're not parenting as much. There's uh, mental emotional that uh, goes through it and uh, and sadness and, and upset and grieving and, and lots of stuff. So it is a lot. That's why you build your team. That team includes therapists. That, that team includes divorce coaches uh, in order to uh, in order to help you through this process. And finally, number 10 is plan for the future. I alluded to it before, but as you navigate this process, start planning for your future post-divorce. Set goals for yourself and your children, whether it's regarding career advancement, financial stability, or personal growth. Develop a realistic plan for moving forward and take proactive steps to achieve your objectives. The fact of the matter is that no matter what, things are going to change. Your environment is in your life is going to be different than it was. So if there's something that you can control through this process, it is that you can start to do what you can do in planning for your future post-divorce. It doesn't mean that all of it's going to come true. It doesn't mean that uh, it ends up looking like what you may have planned for, but you can control your mindset about how you show up and what kind of father you want to be with your kids when you have them. You can uh, you can do that with your uh, work. You can think about uh, how you're going to plan financially uh, going forward based upon uh, what it is that you think might be happening. And then once the divorce happens, you may have to change a little bit, but plan for the future. Don't just let it happen because if you just let it happen, you're going to be playing catch up. And I guarantee you, you're going to start looking back and going, man, I should have been a little bit more proactive in this. So guys, divorce can be a challenging and emotionally charged process, uh, especially for us dads navigating uh, the the issues of all the asset division and parenting arrangements and household responsibilities. But, you know, by understanding your rights, maintaining open communications, if you can, uh, prioritizing the well-being of your children and seeking support from uh, professionals and loved ones, you can safeguard your interests and navigate the divorce process with greater ease, making it less traumatic. Uh, And just remember to prioritize your self-care and focus on building a positive future for yourself and for your family. I really hope that you found some value in this today. If you did, please share it far and wide. Let's get uh, every divorce, divorcing dad, the support that they deserve, that you deserve going through this process. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a really great one and God bless. To hear the rest of this episode and access the corresponding resources, visit thedivorcedadvocate.com and become a member of our community. It's free to join and will provide you with the resources you deserve as a divorced or divorcing dad. 
Thank you for listening. God bless. And I'll talk with you next week.